welcoming to Rage Against the Mainstream Podcast for the first time, our new friend, Cassandra from Paralandra. Is that how it's pronounced or did I get that totally you got wrong? got it right. Okay. Yes. Thank you so much. I, I really appreciate that, actually. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, it's it's one of those things you like. You just don't know. Like, um, uh, who is it? RJ from the band Alica, but it looks like it's spelled Aluka. I'll, I'll never forget oh! that one. <laughs> yeah, that's... I have always said Aluka in my head, and okay, well now I know that's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was the thing. Like, I when I first interviewed him, I was like RJ from Aluka. He's like, actually, it's Alica. And I was like, oh, well. <laughs> oh, jeez. Yeah. <laughs> so, how you doing today? I'm doing great. Uh, it was a rainy day here in Missouri, which I love. So, I've just been enjoying it and recording some music. Nice. Soaking up the vibes. Awesome. So, to kind of get this thing rolling here, for those listeners or viewers... Who are you and what do you do? So my name's Cassandra and I play guitar and I sing for the band Paralandra. And I also sing for the Life Project, which is a newer thing that was just announced. But um, yeah, singer, songwriter, guitarist. That's what I do. <laughs> nice. So um, what's with the what is the Life Project? So the Life Project is uh, me and Josh Rand from Stone Sour. We just released an EP uh, July 9th earlier nice. this year. And yeah, it's pretty exciting. Uh, it's gotten a lot of good feedback and we're working on the next EP right now, actually. That's what I've been working on today. So Awesome. I'm going to have to check that out. Um, yeah. So you guys are kind of like... Uh, I don't want to be like the type of person that's like, oh, you guys remind me of Evanescence or Hailstorm because... You won't say. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> <laughs> you guys kind of like uh, like kind of break the mold when it comes to like female fronted bands and there's like more of like an attitude or like a grit with the band and uh, like honestly, I've spent all day today listening to your guys' catalog on Spotify while I was oh. at work. <laughs> just to kind of like get some sort of like a, like a grounding when it comes to this. So yeah. where did the, like, how did the band start? Um, like where, you know, how did it happen? Uh, well, we started in 2013 and it really just started with me and my dad writing songs together, which, um, uh, my dad's the guitarist in my band, if you didn't know that. Oh, okay. But, yeah, so anyways, we've been writing songs together since I was like 14, 15 years old, something like that. Um, but I finally decided uh, when I was like, I think 18 or 19, 19, I guess, uh, I wanted to start my own band. I had been in playing in cover bands like locally, and it just was not itching that scratch, I guess, if that makes sense. I think that's um, the correct I terminology. <laughs> <laughs> yeah backwards i don't know anyways <laughs> but uh yeah so i wanted to start playing my own music and uh we've been writing these songs over the years and so we were like well what the heck let's just go out and try it so we played a set at our local fair here in springfield and we were like you guys like what you're hearing uh if you think we should record then you know write your name down on this little piece of paper and your email and we'll get a hold of you. And, you know, if, you know, best case scenario, we actually do record something, we can send them uh, the CD. So we did that. And I mean, we had like pages 
full of names and emails just after the one show. And That's we were cool. like, oh my gosh. Okay, so maybe we should like actually do something. And um, from there on, like it just snowballed and like one thing led to another, you know, that show led to another gig. And, you know, obviously we continued writing. We decided to start recording. We put out our own uh, album, you know, self-made at first. And uh, after that, we've, you know, put out two EPs, a single. We're getting ready to put out a full album. It just, the ball has not stopped rolling since then. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. So tell me more about this new album. Oh my gosh. Okay. So I'm really stoked. Uh, this is definitely my favorite Paralandra music ever. Um, and I know that like every artist is going to say that their newest stuff is the best. Oh, like, always. But I, I really do feel that way. And, um, I typically don't listen to my own music, but this album, I put it on repeat in my car, like, all the time. I mean, I love listening to it. Um, and it was so much fun. We got to record with Elvis Basquette, who he's done like some of my favorite bands ever uh, recordings. So it's it's really exciting. I'm stoked for everyone to hear it. That's awesome. That That's the thing, too. Like, it, as if it passes the car test. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Does it make you want to push the gas pedal further? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah. Are you guys, is it going to be a full length, uh, full length LP or, uh, like, uh, like in between a thing? Yeah. It's technically going to be an album. It's eight songs. Okay. Yeah. I yeah. mean, it's funny cause a lot of the people that I've talked to so far, it's just like in a, in the time period that we're in, it's just like, you know, bands are kind of straying away from like the 10, 12 song albums and doubles and all this other stuff. Cause I mean, Let's be really attention span of the normal average person is kind of small nowadays. Yeah. <laughs> so with this being, um, well, I mean, obviously you're the front woman. You you play guitar and you sing in this band. How does the uh, songwriting duties kind of work? Do you show up or does your father show up with complete songs? You guys hash out in a room. How, how does that process kind of work for you guys? A little bit of both. Um, so, whenever a song is started for me anyways, typically it starts in my head. I'll be like humming to myself or I'll think of a phrase that I think would be a cool hook or um, just something that people could resonate with. Even if it's just one word, like despicable, you know? Exactly. Um, So I'll start with that. And then in my head, I normally like start building the song around that. And then I take it to guitar and I try and like play it. And then um, after I do that, then I take it to my dad and I'm like, actually write something cool to this on the guitar um, because this is just chords right now. And we don't write songs like that. Like everything that we do is like riffs and solos and that's pretty much it. (laughs) But uh, anyways, I'll take it to him and he always finds a way to make it better than I imagined. And then from there, we'll take it to band practice and, you know, add the drums and the bass and we'll start trying to play it as a whole. And then we will flush it out more from there. So a lot of the time, you know, it'll start with like just a chorus or um, maybe I'll have like an entire song written. I guess it just depends on where it's at at that moment and how strongly I feel about the idea. (laughs) So. Yeah, I mean, 
it's nice, you know, like being a guitar player myself and, you know, being in bands and stuff. Obviously I made it, I made such an illustrious career because now I'm doing podcasting, but, (laughs) but it's always, it's always one of those things like you like to have like the group, like, uh, you know, like have like a general consensus about the song or, you know, like writing it together and having that sense there. But there's something that's like more gratifying of just writing something yourself and bringing it in. It's like, I did this. Like, let's not, get yeah. this, let's not get confused here. <laughs> Listen to what I've created. Yeah. You're welcome. <laughs> the other thing too, that I noticed about your guys' music is like you said, with uh, like the riffs, it's almost like, like the newer, like modern bands and like modern, like heavy rock bands. It's almost like the, the, the idea of the riff has kind of like gone away and like the guitar tones just kind of sound the same. And, you know, it's you, true. You know, like you think of back to the days of like obviously like Van Halen or, you know, like yeah. Zach Wilde and Ozzy and all those, uh, all of his guitar players, they all had like a distinct sound. And mm-hmm. like listening to your guys' music, I didn't hear like, you know, like uh, a tone or whatever that was actually like familiar. You know what I mean? It was just like, a, Ooh, it was something that was like you. fresh sounding. And that's. Ah, yeah. it, it's just nice. And like in, in the age of like all the computers and MIDI this and, you know, fake drums and all that other stuff. It's nice to have like that realistic type feel or something that's like, you know, it sounds like there's actually somebody playing it. Thank you. I, I really appreciate that. And we do aspire to be that. Um, and actually, uh, this album that we're getting ready to release Uh, we got to use all of our own gear for this album. So it's not like a bunch of computer-made tones, you know, as far as like, you know, the guitars, we were actually using pedals. Like we weren't doing, you know, Axe Effects or whatever in the computer. So, and they were sick. I mean, all these vintage, like one-of-a-kind pedals. It was so much fun. Um, But yeah, we got to use our own guitars, uh, our own heads. I got to use my Friedman, which I loved. So I'm glad that I finally got to capture that. And then uh, we actually did live drums as well. So, um, yeah, it's actually, it feels very gratifying that everything that's heard was actually done on an on the instrument. Yeah, know? exactly. And the thing back to the live drums, that's now like a rare thing. Like, you don't ever mm-hmm. hear about that stuff anymore. It's it, right. Like, that's an art form in its own, recording live drums. And yes. Yeah, it's just it's just so strange but it's it's nice to like hear of like a modern type band that has these kind of like um like older type values if that makes any sense yeah i would definitely say that's accurate i mean we're very inspired by those classic rock you know albums and sounds and i feel like that's really where the true musicianship is uh rather than just like writing something that's going to be good for radio or whatever, but there's like intelligent stuff going on in this music. Exactly. That requires skill to be able to record, you know, precisely and then replicate that live and not do it on a track, you know, like actually play the parts. So, so going back to the whole, like, um, like older type values, what influences do you guys have or you in particular, like what, what, what was the one thing that like got you into it? Well, it's funny you're wearing that shirt because Van Halen. (laughs) Everyone Um, remembers the first time they hear Van Halen. Yeah, I bet. 
<laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, my dad was and is a massive Van Halen fan. And so, you know, that being his favorite and me loving everything that he loves, basically, I got into Van Halen very early as well. And uh, so that would be a big one. Um, we also listened to some other bands like King's X. They're actually from Springfield, where we're from. Um, and then there's this other band, Love War, uh, that we would listen to. It's kind of less known, but uh, just a lot of like riff-driven rock music with great melodies. Exactly. That that That's like one of the things that could always be said about Van Halen. I mean... That that's the thing. If if we got in the Van Halen discussion, it would go on for hours. I I'm like an absolute <laughs> Van Halen nut. But um, <laughs> um, yeah, it's especially with like King's X and like those like like riff driven bands. I feel mm-hmm. like kind of like as the years have gone on, like those bands are kind of like overlooked now, and it's just like, well, you know, what about you know what about like Eddie Van Halen? Like, oh, he's just the the tapping guy and it's like well no i mean he was an excellent <laughs> rhythm player too i mean yeah wrote some of the most like uh like influential songs i mean in my opinion i think van halen's one of the most like uh important bands of all time but i completely agree <laughs> yeah so uh let's see here when you guys get together in the um i guess you guys have a rehearsal space or whatever do you guys enjoy doing that more or playing shows and getting out there and interacting with the crowd and like living and breathing uh, I definitely it? Think live shows. <laughs> I mean, well, I guess we do have a lot of fun here too. Um, I mean, we have fun in different ways in both places, but nothing trumps being on stage for me. I, I love singing and playing live. It's like the best, best feeling ever. So like, um, with being like the front woman, obviously there's not, you're kind of in a market to where it's like over, uh, like there's an oversaturization of like, you know, like the, uh, like the manly men type front men and stuff like, cause you're in the hard rock genre. What were some of your inspirations for vocals and, you know, just getting out there and being like the front woman? Well, um, that's kind of a tough question. Uh, it's funny because, like, I never wanted to be a vocalist. I was actually, like, forced into it. <laughs> just wanted to be a guitar player. But, um, yeah, like, I guess one of the first female singers that I ever listened to that I really liked was Kelly Clarkson uh, back when she was on American Idol. Something wrong <laughs> with that. that. <laughs> yeah, I, I loved her voice. And so I was actually thinking about that the other day, but... I guess she would probably be one of my first vocal influences um, as far as females go. And uh, yeah, I guess aside from that, then Miles Kennedy, when I was introduced to Alter Bridge and like, I guess I was probably 12 years old or somewhere like that. Um, but yeah. And then he was just a huge vocal inspiration. So between the two of them, um, yeah, that would probably be it. Because, I mean, I'm always just listening to guitar stuff. I was never, like, thinking of myself as a vocalist or, like, trying to sound like anybody. I just started singing because people needed a singer. (laughs) (laughs) And that's the thing, too, like, with Miles Kennedy. You guys are kind of in, like, the same register. Yeah, right? (laughs) (laughs) That's the thing that I hate kind of getting in that, like, discussion with, like, the Creed and Alter Bridge thing. 
And, uh, like, people just hate on those bands for no reason. I'm like... Oh, man. I don't know how anyone could hate on Alter Bridge. They're literally the best band in the world to me. <laughs> so... I mean, that's the thing. Like, Mark Tremonti is just an absolute monster. That oh, yeah. He... Incredible. I mean... Yeah, and if him by Creed, then you you just haven't looked any further, and that's your problem. Like, exactly. So, anyways... If people would just look into it, they would realize. <laughs> like, even, like, his solo stuff is really good. The Tremonti solo oh, stuff. He, yeah. He's just I love phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the uh, Cauterize record is my fave. Yeah. Um. So, I guess, kind of, going in here into the touring aspect, you guys have played a lot of really big things. And the one thing that I'm kind of excited to talk about is Rocklahoma. Yeah. So how many times have you guys played Rocklahoma? Um, I think three times. I'm trying to think it was either two or three times. Yeah. I, I literally can't remember. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, you've been there more times than me. So, that works. <laughs> so this is either my third or fourth time. That's, that's all I know. <laughs> how do how do the um like how does the crowd and stuff react to you at a festival like that? Because it's basically like uh you know, like eighties bands and stuff. I mean, obviously, I think you guys would fit right in. But how does the crowd type of react to that? They love it, and I think that you're totally right. The fact that it's that demographic that they're into guitar solos and yep. like you know cool riffs and big guitar tone you know just like a wall of sound um yeah i think they really like it and um the lyrics of the songs resonate as well like i see people singing along in the audience so like i mean i guess the people will really enjoy the music it's it's a lot of fun we love it yeah like i said i i listened to your guys's catalog while i was at work today and I have I didn't feel myself trying to skip a song like while I was listening. It was just like constantly just going to my headphones all day and I was I didn't get like tired or bored or was like, Oh my god, this again. <laughs> well thank you. I'm so glad. <laughs> so like, tell me this. My god. <laughs> So tell me about Despicable. Where did it come from? What is the like idea behind it? What what created this song? Um, well, it was created in my brain after some issues with some people in my life. It, it was personal stuff. Um, and it's like, uh, I try not to get into too many details because I don't want to like hurt those people's feelings too much or go public against them. You know? <laughs> but, um, Basically, I was being called despicable for, you know, believing certain things, living a certain lifestyle, you know, pretty much just doing my thing, but being called despicable for it by these people saying I needed an intervention for things. I, I don't do drugs. <laughs> Anyways, um, it's it was just all this crazy stuff. And I was like, man, this is so backwards. I'm not the despicable one in this situation. Like these people are hypocrites. Like look at the, what is it called? Look at the log in your eye before you look at the twig or the little speck in my eye. It, it's yeah, a think, biblical thing. Yeah. But, I think that's one of them. 
Anyways, me and my sayings, they don't always land, but you understand what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I, I get it. <laughs> but anyways, yeah, so the song was inspired just by this hypocrisy um, that was being directed at me. And so I was like, no, I'm not the despicable one. You're the despicable one. And so out of that spawned this song, Despicable. So uh, if anything, I hope that it is like an anthem for people to live their truth and not to let people tell them that they're ridiculous or crazy or whatever because they want to do something that's different with their life. You know, me being a musician and playing bars on in bars on the weekends doesn't make me a despicable person, but some people might read it as that way. So um, that's what it's about. (laughs) Nice. So currently, or I mean, I guess you guys had just wrapped up uh, a tour with Ingve Malmsteen. Yes. How did that go? It was pretty sick. I'm not going to (laughs) lie. We played five dates with him. Uh, We did two in Florida and then three in Texas. And all the shows were just like packed, very well attended. Uh, So many people were coming up to me saying that this was their first concert back since COVID started back in 2020. Yeah. So it was a lot of people's first time kind of getting back into the music scene. And you could totally tell that they were ready. I mean, these people were chomping at the bit for music. And so it was a lot of fun. Great energy. So is he as standoffish in person as everyone claims? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I will leave it at that. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, it it had to be cool, though, to see him play live. Oh, yeah. I mean, Ingve is, like, literally one of my idols. I've listened to him since I was born. Like, my dad raised me on Ingve. So, to uh, play a tour with him? Yeah, exactly. Um, (laughs) And actually, we got to do a tour with him back in 2019, we did, I believe it was 38 dates with him. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. So it was crazy doing it that time. It was still crazy this time. Um, except he knew us this time, of course. So, uh, we still weren't allowed to talk to him, but at least he waved at us a few times and give us a little, (laughs) I'm like, all right, I'll take that. Yeah. You and your puffy shirt. Thanks. (laughs) You and your leather pants and puffy shirt. Sure. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, But nothing but respect for the guy. I mean, honestly, like, you know, he definitely has, like, I guess I don't know how to put it. Uh, He's very particular, you know, about uh, his requirements on these show dates. uh, And, uh you know, sometimes it's a little bit difficult to deal with, but in the end, he is the the virtuoso. Like, he is the maestro. He's Ingve Malmsteen, and, like, he kills it every single night. And I just can't even be mad. Like, <laughs> you earned it. And to be able to get those tones out of a Strat is just, like, ridiculous. <sighs> Thank you for saying that. Yes. <laughs> As you can tell, I'm a Les Paul guy, and... I can see that. Like yeah. the kind of kind of get those sounds out of that guitar is just like it's always kind of like boggled my mind. It was just like how okay, like I know what a strat sounds like, and yeah. that kind of isn't it. <laughs> and lead 
it as triple singles, like not even a humbucker. Exactly. It's just, so, it, it, it's crazy. I, He's always blown my mind with that. Yeah. Crazy. So <laughs> he's a weird. So going back to the members in your band, you would, you'd said your father was a guitar player. Uh, who are some of the other, all the, uh, yeah. Who are some of the other members in the band? Yeah, so our bass player is Sawyer Reichard, and he's been in the band since 2015. Um, he used to play in a local band called Crowning Alice, along with Dakota Watson, who is our drummer. So we picked both of them out of this other local band that we used to play with, and we're like, we'll take you. <laughs> Pretty funny. I remember, like, uh, it was actually our Paralandra's first show like at a bar uh was with crowning alice and i remember that night me and my dad were watching them and we were opening up and we were like oh my gosh imagine if we had that bass player and that drummer how crazy would that be <laughs> and a few years later we got him so. <laughs> so how does the the guitar playing relationship work between like a father and daughter team because this is this is something that I've never even heard of before. Oh yes. Well, um, I as far as my guitar playing, I'm very inspired by my dad. Um, like I never have wanted to play any kind of like strummy acoustic. I'm always just wanting to play riffs and solos. So we do a lot of trading off. So like he'll do, you know, like. Um, or I'll say I'll hold down like the main riff during a verse or something. And then he'll do kind of like the lead little sprinkles, you know, during the verse or whatever, like more of the atmospheric, cool little lead parts here and there. Um, but yeah. And then we'll do like dual harmony solos. We'll trade off. He'll take one. I'll take one. Um, but we definitely share the duties a lot. Um, Cause we both love to rip. So <laughs> Nice. So like when it comes down to like band arguments or discussions, is it kind of just like, listen, I'm, I'm the father here. Like this is it. <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> Not even a little bit. My dad is just as much of a kid as I am and the rest of us. That's he gets nice. into just as much trouble, if not more. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> now it's all very democratic. Everybody has a 25% opinion. That's how we work things. That's the way it should be. Yes. So going into like the, the gear nerd kind of part of it, what is your current setup? I have a Friedman full stack with a uh, runt 50 head. And I just got a new pedal board. I'm using the boss ME 80 effects processor now. And I actually really like it because it's all contained in one and I don't have to worry about patch cables going out or like some kind of power issue, like while I'm singing too much stress, can't handle it. <laughs> so now I can just run the effects loop through the ME80 and I only have like four effects that I really use throughout the show aside from my channel switcher. Um, so yeah. And then I've got, a couple PRS guitars that I play, CE24, and then I got this new single cut just recently. And I've also got an Ibanez S-Series that I play. Nice. Was the um, 
was the PRS move inspired by Miles Kennedy and Alter Bridge? No, it actually wasn't. It's just a awesome coincidence, I guess. <laughs> uh, I started working at a music store the same year we started the band, actually, and worked there on the sales floor for six years and fell in love with PRS through working there. I mean, because I was getting ready, or I was able to try out guitars all day, every day from so many different brands and just like every anything I wanted to try, I could. And there was new stuff coming in every day. So uh, being able to test everything out all the time, I just loved PRS. They were always the winner. They felt the best. They sounded the best. They weren't too heavy like Les Pauls are. Mm-hmm. You know, I might sound wimpy for that. I don't even care. <laughs> but they're just... They're more comfy and they're so well made. So yeah. anyone that doesn't complain about a Les Paul's weight is just a liar. Like flat. Right. Out. Exactly. <laughs> or they've got it chambered, which is not even a real Les Paul at that point. So Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, unless you're like Zach Wilde or somebody like that, like get that like at that point you don't have to worry about the weight of a Les Paul, but anyone right. else, like a normal person. <laughs> <laughs> But um, yeah. Back back to the uh, the guitar store thing or music store thing. I had worked for Guitar Center for a number of years, and uh, that was like some of the best times I've ever had being employed my entire life. All day, just talking music, playing guitars, playing shit right. that you can never afford in your life. But exactly. it was nice. <laughs> yeah, like I got to play a ten thousand dollar guitar today. That was cool. <laughs> yeah, like hey, the brand new Gibson Standard Les Paul just came out, and guess what? I played it. I'm going to go test it. Yeah. Uh, So to kind of wrap this thing up here, it's not really a question, but where can people find you? This is your chance to plug yourself. Uh, You could, you know, whatever you want, shamelessly, unshamelessly promote whatever it is that you need to promote. This is your shot. Mm, Okay. Well, I guess I'll say that, if you would like to listen to some new music, uh, you could find Paralandra on Spotify, Apple Music, literally any music streaming service. And we're all over the social medias, you know, Facebook, Instagram. We're just at Paralandra. You can find us. Um, and then we've got our new album coming out this October. So get ready for that. And then also check out The Life Project, which is featuring me and Josh Rand from Stone Sour, also on Spotify and all those streaming services. Awesome. Well, I want to thank you so much for coming on. This was this was great. You're more than welcome oh, to come back on the show whenever you want. And, uh, you know, if you ever want to get into a heated discussion with my co-host about, you know, uh, Alter Bridge, or if you want to sit on the side with me with Van Halen against him, you're more than welcome to come on. <laughs> that sounds great. Would love to. And if you're ever in <laughs> the Philadelphia area or the East Coast, we definitely have to get you guys on in person. Oh, yeah, that'd be great, actually. Yeah, I'm up in Philly pretty semi often. So. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. My boyfriend lives up there. So oh, kind of okay. back and forth. Yeah, we're um we're about twenty five minutes outside of Philly in New Jersey. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, well, yeah. well that's something up. Absolutely. Well, ladies and gentlemen, Cassandra from Paralandra, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for having me. Appreciate you. <laughs>
This is Cassandra from Paralandra, and you are listening to our brand new single, Despicable, here on the Rage Against the Mainstream podcast. Ooh. 